All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is That's Criminal with myself, John Stamp. And um, you know what? Tonight is uh, is just a little different. Um, I'm I'm sitting down with uh, Brian Liebelt, a uh, good friend of mine, a former uh, federal law enforcement officer, combat veteran, uh, expert at uh, inshore saltwater fishing. And um, one of the things we, we tend to do uh, on a regular basis is sit down and um, start solving all the world's problems pretty much all at once. And so we were doing this this last time, and uh, we decided what we probably should do is record it because we're very entertaining people. And um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a little bit of sarcasm, but pretty entertaining. Um, but what we, what we like to do is we're just like, we were like, what would we talk about? And we usually end up talking about uh, crap like conspiracy theories uh, uh government stuff um mysteries secrets all the all the stuff that makes for good conversation especially around a, like a bottle of scotch so um for tonight i was like hey let's just um sit down and and record this and see what it sounds like so i'm introducing uh brian Lebo. welcome to the that's criminal pleasure being here this is awesome that's... i know we've talked about this for a while so this is pretty yeah. cool yeah, it's funny. It's it's just taken a, a long time for uh, for us to actually be able to get together and and make this happen. Um, but like like I said, usually it's usually it's uh, on a weekend by a fire or something like that, and uh, we just yeah. pretty much decide to solve all problems. So what we decided we wanted to do is um, we picked out a couple different conspiracy theories, some that are actually true, and others that I guess we'll go with probably are true, just haven't been proven yet. And uh, just kind of see where we go. Um, and I will, um, he, he had, Brian had a good one. So we'll still, we'll let you go first. All right. So I, I just want to like, am I the first non-author that you've had on? Yeah. Uh, no, I had a uh, movie director on. I had uh, Matt uh, Gentile from uh, American Murder on. Technically. Wait, uh... Uh, may, uh, he might have written the screenplay. I don't know. Because I <laughs> guess I, I I found out recently. I guess I'm technically an an author, uh, and of course I didn't find this out. Well, I I'd known it for a little while, but uh, I don't know if you we if we've talked about this. But um, so I wrote a paper in college that got uh, published in the like the university journal, right? And I, at the time, I didn't really think much about it. It was more or less like a I don't know. I'm, I was probably having a little bit too much fun at the time. So um, I was amazed that I even got in there. And um, the the interesting part was I found this out much later. That paper that did I tell you the story? Um, uh, you got to remind me of which which uh, what the paper was about. And I'm so I, I wrote the paper about the French Algerian war. So when nope, that one's not right. Al Algeria. Uh, it was like France's second vietnam i guess uh so they were you know they have they had obviously you know colonized parts of northern and i think mostly northern africa but you know like africa was split up it was like the belgians the british the germans the dutch to some extent and then the french right they all kind of split up africa well in like the post-colonial period um you know the algerians decided like we don't, we don't want any part of this anymore so we're gonna revolt and what was interesting was there was a lot of you know parallels between at the time you know the iraqi insurgency which i you know i was there in 2003 2004 um and the um 
and what was going on at the time in, in Algeria and like what kind of lessons we could learn from that. Well, I wrote that paper. And as it turns out, I found this out about a year ago. Um, it was the subject of an entire day in a West Point class. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I was, <laughs> I was like, I went through like on Google Scholar, you can go and look and see like who cited your work. Yeah. You know, and I was cited by some guy going through the Japanese like war college. Um, and oddly enough, they write their papers in English. So weird. But uh, and then I, I Googled it and I was like, oh, you know, there's this syllabus from this class. And it was a 400 level West Point class. So, you know, it's good to know. But I wish I'd have known that. I don't know like 10 years ago so i can you know more yeah. than that actually 15 years ago so i could put it on a resume or something you know yeah exactly uh, right chase chase the book deal <laughs> yeah absolutely so i guess technically i'm an author but i'm you know i don't hey, i don't write, no, write much anymore other than for work so if it's curriculum it's curriculum it still counts it still says written by um yeah yeah that's uh and uh and it's so how when you you weren't at West Point when you wrote that you were at like a like a, you went no, to college I was at Western Massachusetts. Connecticut State University, which is like yeah, no, right, no one knows that exists. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're from Connecticut, like it's it's just a you know it's a state school. It's where I was doing my undergrad at the time. Um, but, yeah, well, and actually, like somebody must have found it. Some West Point professor, he was like a colonel, lieutenant colonel or something, who found it and decided like, oh, this is a you know. This was written by some low rent, low rent enlisted guy, you know, like we should probably I you know, give this. these officers some kind of perspective. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so it was super interesting to find out. But. Well, that's funny. I, I'm well, I'm tr I'm just trying to work out the logistics of it, because, you know, in, in college, at least for my undergrad, I wrote whatever I thought the teacher would want to hear. And then but I never you don't you don't actually think because it has to like to cite something. It has to be published someplace or in a database someplace yeah. where you can get attribution for it so like i'm wondering like how random this dude must have just been you know what we're gonna work on today algeria and it's like oh lebelt's got some good ideas well, <laughs> where, where i went to where i went and did my undergrad was not really that far like geographically from west point so there was a lot of it, it wouldn't have surprised me if one of the you know social science professors at my university decided oh this would be really cool let me send it to my buddy that's over at west point i mean i have no idea i have the, i actually have the guy i have the syllabus i downloaded it to save it for posterity but uh yeah i mean i, I guess too. i could i'm sure he probably won't remember like how he came across this but there was somebody informed me recently that i i guess ethically speaking they should have reached out to me before doing that but you know what it's, it's not like I would have been able to collect royalties from West Point or something. You yeah, know? So yeah, it, really it would have gone to uh, Western Connecticut <laughs> University anyway. <laughs> yeah, it would have been probably... it would have been really really nice to know. I bet you know what you don't realize when you get published in those journals. Basically, like you sell your soul. You know, to, yeah. There's no rights. To the university they can just use it. You know, um, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it's all very interesting. But um, I, I guess I. I'd like to point out, and like you and I were talking about this earlier, that, you know, conspiracies aren't always, I guess, bad. Um, I, I think, you know, to, to point certain things out, if you think about federal legislation, which we were kind of talking earlier before we came on about, you know, Jekyll Island and the creation of the Fed, which is kind of like a local conspiracy theory, like you can 
you can read into it. Like we know it happened, right? Oh, yeah. We're like JP Morgan and his buddies were all sitting around like, you know, smoking cigars and some, you know, I mean, those mansions are still there over on Jekyll Island. I was you know, actually just there second. last night. I was there yesterday oh, really? walking around. Yep. Walking around the, yeah. uh, the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know, old dudes sitting around like drinking fine scotch and cigars and going like, you know, let's, let's alter the course of history. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And you know I this mean, country it, needs it needs ten guys in charge of all the money. <laughs> That's yeah, what this country exactly. needs. <laughs> and I mean, thus far, it's, it's pretty much worked out for us. So I don't know that it's a, a, a totally bad thing. I mean, and again, it's all subjective to you know what your beliefs are and what side of the conspiracy you're on, right? Uh, you're either the you're either a conspirator or you're you know alleged like victim of the conspiracy, right? Where, like, um, another example we were talking about was you know, the revolution, right? Um, if you were a loyalist, then you were looking at the, you know, the separatist faction of, you know, the the colonials, you would probably call that a conspiracy, which it, which it was, right? Um, oh, yeah. And I was watching something the other night about like, um, like all along the lines of the Civil War, right? So like a lot of the guys that, um, um, and it, I guess I have to do more research into this, but um, like a lot of the guys that were really hardline Confederates actually left the country. Um, and they got hired down in Brazil to run like plantations down in Brazil. Nice. Yeah. They, I guess they, were like they had, the, early, they had uh, the, the experience and background, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, but there was something like else the, uh, I was early, meaning to Early um, uh, strike busters. <laughs> go from yeah. Civil War to yeah. <laughs> yeah like the like pinkerton detective kind of dudes you know right. um i think uh one of the other things i was meaning to look up was like what happened to the loyalists after and i'm sure it probably wasn't good for them right <laughs> when the when when our conspiracy to create a, a new nation was uh was finally fulfilled right like yeah, then, like we all know yeah. that happened right they're the first ones, but, they're the first ones with the American flag hanging out the window. They're like, well, let's let's change the narrative. Well, yeah, the thing you mentioned, you mentioned, um, you know, conspiracy today. We, um, you know, somebody gets on TikTok and suddenly just shoots up anything he wants, and that could be a conspiracy theory making like something the Wall Street Journal's commenting on within a day. You're talking about, you know, the what went into even even building the Federal Reserve. Think about the communication lines back then. Like, oh yeah, conspiracies built on rumor and built on that message game that used to exist. And uh, think about just just somebody even even in D.C. I mean, all these guys come down from New York and D.C. and that that metro area on their private trains to uh, South Georgia, sit around um, the Jekyll Island Club with with some scotch. And um, just be like, yeah, we should probably control the money. This country has no idea what it's doing. You know, the elected officials are buffoons. We own them all anyway. Let's just control the money and and we can disperse it. And there, you know, there was some like some like uh, barman or a waiter who's sitting there being like, these guys are nuts. And he tells he tells his cousin, his cousin's yeah. jumping on the public train. His cousin makes it back to D.C. He's like, you wouldn't believe what these freaking guys are talking about. It starts to spread around D.C. Suddenly it is a conspiracy theory. And then Christmas Day of what, 1913, they're like, well, actually, we signed the legislation. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we own no, your it's, money. It's definitely for real. We, <laughs> we, 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 we have control of all the money. I, I think, you know, 
I mean, I, I guess it, it all depends on, you know, your perspective on that. Like, again, I don't know that the Federal Reserve is an entirely bad thing, but uh, I think that um, with conspiracies like that, I think back then it was probably a lot easier to conceal and to to do things like that because there was, a like I said, like the restriction on the flow of information like a you know you talked about a barman talking to his cousin and then somebody's getting on a train going to dc and it's like now it's so much easier right oh, yeah. but it also what's also interesting is like the levels of disinformation that are out there you know um and and in a way it like if you looked at things like um what was the recent one like the flat earth thing like oh, i love that Oh, uh, it's that. it's absolutely hilarious that some of these guys and I was watching something earlier where like one of these guys was like doing his own like experiment to prove that the Earth is flat, and then he does the experiment and proves that the Earth's not flat. Like it's it's funny. Um, I will indulge that those people all day long. Like the uh, the last uh, Musk um, Starship launch, like uh, all like thirty two of those freaking I don't know whatever that guy's the guy's shooting up into space, but. Um, you know, the whole point of the thing is to have stage separation and to make it to a certain level, you know, they accomplished the, they accomplished what the mission was to, to be able to separate starship from the, from the main booster. And then the main booster explodes. And all I saw on, on X was firmament is firmament. I guess they call it the firmament is real. Like the shield that keeps you from like, we can't actually reach the stars. The flat earth is just, just what? holes holes in the ceiling apparently yeah they're they're all just commenting on the firmament is real and this thing wasn't it wasn't that um that the ship you know just malfunctioned it was that the ship actually hit the shield that blocks the sky that keeps the sky from you know drifting off into space or over the ice flow or whatever these flat earth guys believe i was like i love all of you like will you guys just please continue talking like so so we can't reach space we've never we've never made it to space we do we hit our bubble and we we, we hit that little glass bubble because apparently we live in a snow globe yeah. that rocket ships built by billionaires can't make it through no no you bring up an interesting point right <laughs> like if elon musk was that dumb which i don't think he is um he's got some crazy ideas but like what well, he's a smart dude you know um he he's more or less like a i kind of would compare him to like a uh uh, who's the guy that that ran Apple for uh, him, Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. What, yeah. why do I, say I would compare him to like a Steve Jobs, you know, where he's like he's kind of a director, and you know, he's got ideas, and he oh yeah, he leaves it up to the technical people. To, but then I also hear that he gets involved in some of the technical stuff. So, um, but like the the interesting point there is like if Elon Musk is that dumb, like you would. If he's in some elite billionaire club that knows that the Earth has this, like, what did, what did you call it? The, fir, I, the firmament. Firmament. Fir, it has this firmament, this barrier. Yeah, I saw hashtag firmament is real. And I was like, I whatever I'm into, I'm this rabbit hole is going to be deep. It might not be very deep. It's probably going to be very shallow, but it's going to be full yeah. of very crazy people. I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea that Elon Musk is just like, ah, let's just throw a bunch of money and see if we can like, like knowing, right. That he's going to hit this wall or like, it's a monumental, like waste of waste well, of money. And it makes no sense. But, well, uh, and, and especially when we get to the, when we get, when we talk flat earthers, 
I love the fact that there's so many of them on YouTube, um, dependent on mass communication um, that is basically built at some point you reach satellites and satellites only work as they can bounce around the globe, but their followers, you know, they can have followers in China, Africa, Thailand, opposite sides of hemispheres. And they're like, yeah, the earth is flat. Like, I don't know where you guys are, but I have, you know, here's my people in China. And they, they just ignore the fact that they have a, their, all their communication lines are dependent on a ring of satellites surrounding a sphere floating in the middle of nowhere. I think that's part of the problem with, like I, I'm a avid watcher of YouTube, right? But you have to have, like, let's let's face it, like your average human being is like, is average, you know? <laughs> they, um, not that I'm the smartest guy on the planet, but uh, I think I think there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of gullibility, you know, in the population, and like, I think when people turn on YouTube and they watch something about, you know you know, you know, the president being a lizard person or something um, Love that. like they're like, oh, wow. Or some of that CGI stuff, <laughs> which is actually getting kind of kind of crazy where they can they can put like. Like I was watching this video where it's like they had the royal family like up on a balcony. And like oh, their eyeballs that. didn't move. Did you see that? Yep. Like, yeah. Thought they were uh, all robots. Who's the, yeah, uh, this who's is the, totally base, the basketball, the basketball commentator. Who's a, the, it was just a little while ago, a basketball commentator that was getting mic'd up and they were saying that he was, he was uh, an Android or something because he was standing so still and the same thing, his eyes just weren't working. So there was giant, giant scroll of how, uh, oh, what the hell is that dude's name? But I, I can't think of it, but it's the same thing. Like everybody wants their tribe. It's, it's just, uh, you know, you, you go on YouTube and you know, you find your, you know, Bigfoot is a interdimensional species and they can actually, you know, they can cloak, they can go invisible and they just kind of zap in here and there. And these people are like, yes, that is my Bigfoot. That is my tribe. That's my league. And then they run into the next channel on YouTube that says, well, Bigfoot's just a big ape and we just haven't really figured him out yet. And they start banging on all these people saying they're insane because they are so deadly loyal to their particular tribe that this is how Bigfoot works, even though nobody's ever actually found them before. It's, they just, they, like you say, all these people, they just want something to cling to. And it's like, damn, ask a question every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of that, like doubling down on stuff because you're, you're so heavily invested in it. And from, you know, uh, I mean, we've all done it where it's like, we have this certain belief and you just don't want to, you don't want to give up on it. I guess that's, a human thing and we were talking about tribes like um you know humans at the end of the day no matter how we you know slice society we're tribal based you know you identify with people like you know when you're in law enforcement you tend to identify with people that are in law enforcement because it's a you know it's a tribe but um yep and especially I mean, when you're I mean, looking at yeah we're looking at like some of the use of force stuff that happened over like the last three years with like George Floyd and like we all have our opinions on it but what ends up happening is we kind of get into this like echo chamber of like ideas and you know how how we perceive things should work and um but I think it's a lot a lot of the same kind of stuff so yeah and it's and it's not gonna and it's that's the thing it's you know there's so many well-meaning people and I think that that flag waving 
on social media, people think that you you have to like have a fight and a flag to wave and charge at the enemy on social media. And it's that one is a perfect example that George Floyd stuff is so many so many guys will like get up and be like, here's how use of force works, here's how policy works, here's here's the action versus reaction, here's the you know, whatever the uh uh you know the reactionary gap, blah 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 blah. Okay, whatever. And you know, they'll get up there and they'll get you know hundreds of thousands of followers and it'll all be all our same tribe it's all us being like oh you're absolutely right you're killing it right you're dead on they're going to understand this and there's nobody from the other side that's even going to bother even looking at it no no it doesn't even make it into their feed it doesn't even make it in their algorithm so inside social media when all these guys are trying to change public opinion and affect the world for whatever their version of good is those spheres don't even cross (laughs) It's it's just no because that, I, I yeah. think I think there's an there's a human need to turn things into a black and white situation you know where it's yeah. like this is bad this is good right um, I think on some level um, we oftentimes try to ignore the middle ground you know because it doesn't align with you know what our beliefs are and, and we kind of rely I guess in some form or faction like with or factor with um, relying on fact finders, right? Like judges and and even that, which is odd now is like, it's kind of conspiratorial where it's like, you'll see news articles about, you know, the Supreme court and how the, you know, the justices are, you know, you know, making all these decisions because they're, you know, they're political. Um, and I think on some level that's probably true, but it's also, it's their view on how the constitution is supposed to be like interpreted. Right. And it, whether that's conservative or, you know, liberal or what have you, I mean, that is what it is, but at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're fact finders. They're supposed to make judgments, but there's this, I, I read something recently where somebody in my social media feed was like, you know, we should, the Supreme Court should be elected. I'm like, <laughs> that, I'm like yeah, let's give so the well mob so like more more <laughs> control. Like that's that's a yeah. that's a great idea. And you know, we're going to turn into you know ancient Greece real quick. Like that's why our for, our forefathers decided to you know form a republic with an electorate and everything um, with with three branches that can check on each other. And I think everybody's lost that. I think out of all the political problems that we have and i mean this judge thing i mean it is exactly every time every time a judge makes a call it depends on who appointed them and you have to go through three different headlines to actually get some idea of what the actual story is because every outlet that covers it covers it by, via its own bias so if you do actually those those people who actually do try to stay skeptical and and think for themselves instead of grasping that flag um it's harder and harder to do that. And and actually um, those outlets are, are the kind of point at those independents and those individual thinkers as extremists in and of themselves, but they're the extremists that everybody can hate the left and the right can hate those people because they're not joining either gang. It's like being the one kid. It's like being the one kid that's trying not to get jumped into a gang and, yeah. and uh, it's just easier to hate everybody. But yeah. um, do, the whole do you point follow, of, um, I'm trying to see what the, this guy's, I think it's, uh ground yeah uh 
ground you're, you follow ground news on Instagram. Yeah, I'm one of those guys who gets his news from Instagram. Um, yeah, I get my news from multi places. That's all I can. That's the only thing I can confirm yeah. is that there's only so much of any given. Like I can't. I I don't know if I'm just too um, jaded at this point, but there's no there's no major news network that I can listen to for more than five minutes without just getting nauseous. Like I just what's, I what's, just can't. What's interesting about ground news is they. One of the things they'll do is they'll they'll look at like um, um, some of these different stories and they'll look to see, you know, what side of the spectrum, either left, center or right, is actually covering the story. So you'll get to see like like this one headline is like the world's richest one percent emit as much carbon as the bottom two thirds. And it looks like that's been evenly reported across the, you know the spectrum i guess um yeah i i just found it followed by bandit customer odds yeah 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 <laughs> yeah there you go uh so but they'll they'll do these uh, i forget what exactly they call them but they'll lay out like they'll take a headline and they'll lay out what each headline says from each end of the political spectrum and nice. it's interesting to watch and see how like you know the narrative kind of forms um amongst these different news outlets uh, that's it's really that's, um, all sides i follow uh all sides all sides.com uh, does the same thing it'll it'll give a bias rating to uh it'll give a bias rating to um to each article and just kind of rank yeah. them but re- okay. it's like uh left left right center for uh but but instead of the board game it's 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 news articles <laughs> yeah 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 um, this is an interesting one. Is a Colombia begins sterilization of hippos descended from the pets of drug kingpin Pablo Escobar. I, oh, I didn't know Pablo the, Escobar owned hippos, but uh, that's apparently not the hippos' fault. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, you don't want the hippos like. I, I guess they got released into the wild, according to what this says. So they got like hippos running around in Colombia. <laughs> That's um, there's enough scary stuff in South America. Do you really need to add hippos to it? I I still though, if the hippos are making it in the Amazon, I'm I'm enough of a tree hugger. I gotta say, I gotta say, I disagree with that. But uh, but what it, what side is it slant to? Like if we're in Colombia, and you're for or against uh, euthanizing hippos that were that belong to Escobar? No, no, no they're they're what they're side sterilizing of the them. On? They're they're oh, just okay. you know cutting their nuts off, I guess, or whatever. So I don't want that job. No, no, that would be a terrible job. And I mean, imagine that's the most dangerous land animal on the planet. And how do you so, even dart something that big? Like how how big does that dart have to be? Uh, that's insane. They're big. They're angry. Like have you ever seen them like chase boats? Yeah, they're angry like, all they, the time. They push awake, man. Like they're yeah. They're 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 I mean, they're basically like I don't know what like side of the evolutionary spectrum they're on, but like, how do you get that that big? And they're just gnarly looking creatures. Yeah, they got just, such a like. If you look at them, they look very peaceful, um, but they're just angry all the time. Like they're just they, they and they can gallop. I don't trust anything that can gallop underwater. That's yeah, that's no, nuts, no, it's, man, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're basically like a they're an alligator, but much much larger and with like big feet, you know, and legs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like I they know. kill. They kill people um, at a rate and frequency like higher than any other animal on the planet. 
Yeah, I had to I had to look him up a little bit for Blood Red Ivory because um, I had yeah. uh, I had like one. I, I this that's a bad thing about uh, that's not a bad thing. You get to learn a lot of stuff, but you do end up spending a lot of time. I needed like probably six pages where I could discuss hippo movement at night, and they come up on land at night and eat and blah blah blah. But uh, so yeah, I I guess they have a better kill rate than like crocodiles and stuff. Like the real the stuff that looks like yeah. it really wants to kill you. Like the hippo just looks like a big buffalo, but you know that's wet all the time. But those things, yeah, nope. I definitely would not be yeah. the want to be the guy sterilizing them. I can, yeah, I who who'd have, a, who'd have thought that you know there was a point, maybe some kind of educational point when we were kids behind like hungry, hungry, hungry hippos. It is, you know, yeah. It was a, like, it was a tale. It was a fairy tale, like a grim story tale, yeah. <laughs> a grim fairy yeah, tale. <laughs> yeah, and instead of marbles, it's like. You know, people, right? <laughs> yeah, those are the heads of children. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. But, uh, yeah, just all right. So I'm a guy, and I'm even. Let's you know, let's just say you're a veterinarian in Colombia, and suddenly you get a call one day, and the government is creating a program to to sterilize hippos. That's an immediate no. That's immediate no for me. I just I got I'm I'm involved in other projects at the time. I mean, it, for me, I guess it would depend. You know, I'm assuming I'm like, I'm going to have access to like, uh, you know, dart guns or something that I can take these things out with. Now, are uh, you? Are you though? Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, maybe you have like a, who is that guy? The He was one of the main characters in Jurassic Park and he was like the game warden. What was his name? It was uh, uh, Robert Mal something or Muldoon. Mal Muldoon, Muldoon. Yep, Robert Muldoon. Yeah, yeah. Cle- if you're girl. like a Robert Muldoon yeah. and you like hire somebody to like, you know, take these things down and then, you know, you do whatever you need to do to sterilize them or whatever. I guess it would just depend on how much money I was getting paid. Like, it's, it, it'd have to be Batman money. It's just, yeah. just looking at that Batman thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's not, it's not like you're, you know, running around in the jungle with no other support and just like a scalpel. You know what I mean? Like we have to like sneak up on a sneak up on him. Uh, catch him on a like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. So, something would tell me like that hip, the hippo would wake up and probably not be very happy. It, you, it, as long as you catch, I guess, yeah, there's just no good way of doing it. And Muldoon, those guys never make it. Those guys are always, you know, they, they look like they know what they're doing, but they always walk themselves right into the trap. So that dude's getting stomped on. He's the first one to go. It's the intern that's going to make it. Clever girl. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know when you when you researched hippos, was it like. Um, are they like ambush predators like crocodiles? No, they're like um, it's like uh, it, the way I read it. I mean, it, it's it's basically they're just big territorial monsters. Like it's like the uh, it's like the bison's in uh, in Yellowstone. Some idiot goes up and wants to like pet it, and it's like I'm I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna enjoy crushing you. And it's that's like if you come into its zone, you're you're gonna get challenged. Like you say, it kicks a freaking wape while it's chasing. Uh, chasing boats but I, if they come up on land at night i guess if you stumble into that zone they're i can't i mean they can't be that fast but that's you know it's a problem it's nighttime in like africa that's not good this is in there yeah heads. yeah it's it's a you're art you got a you got an angry car coming to get you yeah i think i think there's a lot of like i know the probably the most dangerous land animal in north america is the moose right and the moose is very similar where it's just it's territorial and 
like at certain times of the year, you know, when they're, I don't know if you call it a rut or whatever, like they do with deer, but when they're breeding and they have, you know, little mooses, moose, plural, right? Um, yeah, meese. <laughs> moose, meeses, 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 mooses, moose. Um, yeah, when you have that, I, I think, or is it like goose, where it's like you call it a mander? Like, a, I'm gonna go. I'd go with moose. I don't know. Meese, yeah, just moose. That's just yeah, <laughs> a mander. Yeah, we we need somebody an expert in grammar to figure that one out. Um, that's not. That's why I hire editors. <laughs> I imagine it's fairly similar but what was interesting like in the animal world is um you know lions so like all the females do the hunting because uh, the males me- it is too- meese it's meese it's what i was not going to be able to move on with the rest of my day until i figured this out <laughs> so I, I had to i had to i had to go in and it's uh what's the plural of moose according to grammar monster uh the plural of moose is moose oh shit never mind Plural of moose is moose. It's not mooses or meese. I just saw meese and I was like, holy shit, we're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're dead, yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, we're dead no. wrong on that. No, it's just, it's moose or moose, right? You could sit. Well, like if, if you're getting stalked by, you know, a pack of moose, right? Yeah. Like, which I don't know is real. Like, let's assume that that's real for a hot second. Then you that, 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 you had to moose... take some kind of like tactical move. And it's like you and your buddies, like, oh, there's a like they're hunting you like a raptor or something. You know, it's like, oh, there's some there's a moose, yeah. or like when somebody could get confused. Do you mean plural? Like, there's more than one moose, or do you mean yeah. singular? Like, there well, there's just one moose over there. Yeah, we got um, we have to run. The moose are coming, but there's six yeah. of them. It's like well, okay. How motivated are you between one moose and six? Pretty freaking. I'm freaking motivated already. I've I've gone. I've seen one of those up close, and it doesn't look like it should exist. They, I mean, they look really. No, cute. they're they're huge. Yeah, I, the first the distance, first one, but they're weird. The first one I ever saw. Um, it was early, early in the morning. My dad and I were driving. Um, we were driving to the Farmington River to go fishing for trout. And it was like super early, like sipping on coffee, still kind of like got the brain fog going on, you know. And we're up like driving these, you know, back roads uh, to where we were going to fish. And we drive by this field. And we both kind of glance off into the field. And there's a moose standing in the field, right? Yeah. And, you know, in Connecticut, you, you don't see them very much, right? That's like, rare. they usually make their way down from, like, you know, northern Massachusetts or New Hampshire, Vermont. And um, we paused for, like, 30 seconds, and then we both looked at each other and we were like, did you just see that? that I think that was a Because <laughs> I thought it was one of those, like, things that you put up in a field to keep the geese out, you know? Like oh, a yeah. decoy yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> So my dad throws it in reverse, and we go back to the to the field. There's like no, there's a moose standing out there. Yeah, because you can see because the ears flapping, you know. Yeah, uh, and and that yeah. moose does not care that there's two humans like looking at it. The moose is like, this is this is my field. Yeah, I was um in Idaho. Uh, we we're heading back to camp after elk hunting, and uh, come up on top of this hill, and the and the dude just stops for a minute, and I just looked to my right, and it's just light enough that this dude is is 
you know, 20 feet away and he's just staring at us. And it was like, that thing's a mom. I'm, I'm six foot tall and I'm standing in the bed of a side by side. So that puts me not eight to nine feet off the ground, probably, but probably closer to 10. And I swear to God, our eyes were like level like that. It was just a monster animal. It was just they'll stomp. Bad. They'll stomp you to death the wrong yeah, time of year. You know, I mean yep, that happens just, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I mean apparently he was cool because uh, we just drove off. But it was like it's it's like the first time you see an alligator. Like an, an alligator eyeballs you, and you just you're like, yeah, we're not we're not the same. Like like this this alligator is just looking at you. Like um, if I get my chance, I'm probably gonna eat you. Like you know, and with the moose yeah. is the same thing. It's like we're not the same here. This is you know, I'm I'm bigger than you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah not, you're not the. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of animals, um, you and I were kind of talking about this the the animal spy conspiracy theories, which yeah. on some level I think you know based on what I was reading, a lot of it is it's plausible, right? Um, I can see it. So yeah. you know, we used to use carrier pigeons. And when I was looking up carrier pigeons as part of the research for this podcast, I was I was kind of astounded that carrier pigeons have like a ninety five percent success rate. And, and is it that those minerals in their head, like uh, like I mean, they they use them for, to do what they did. I mean, so yeah, I mean, they they have a if you can train them right, I guess. But I I don't I've never really understood how the carrier pigeon was like. You can tell me to go this way, but I'm I'm really just gonna go back. I'm gonna. It go has back. everything to do with magnetic yeah. fields, yeah. from what I understand. And I don't know how much research has been done on this, but it has to do with you know their relation to I think the poles and and I mean if you think about it <laughs> with birds and stuff. I mean, how do you know when it starts getting cold up north? You get certain species of birds that are just like, man, I'm going to Florida, right? Yeah, I'm out. And, and what's gnarly is they tend to end up in like the same places, right? Where they'll, uh, yeah. when they fly south, like, um, which makes sense, you know, as far as carrier pigeons go. But I was astounded to know that they had like a 95% success rate, that they actually go back to where they're supposed to go. Um, yeah, and it so has something part, else I'm to do with that. like colored panels, too. I was reading, like, they'll put out like, certain colors that they can discern and then that's where they know where to where to land um, i don't understand where the how you where the in, institutional knowledge of that comes from like i get i get that there's probably people been breeding pigeons for centuries i guess before they aren't they the ones that went extinct didn't carrier pigeons go extinct i don't know are they carrier pigeons? i'm pretty sure they're still we can look that up was, man. Um, but in that in the stuff that you sent me, I do remember I do remember the beluga like whale in Norway, like that that one that just showed up a beluga whale hanging out around uh, fishing vessels with a camera strapped to its head that says property of St. Petersburg seems very suspicious when it comes to the animal being in use of a spy agency. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the well, it's just here that. um um they're just homing homing pigeons. Um, I think carrier pigeon. A carrier pigeon might oh, be extinct. I'm not entirely sure, but pigeon, like passenger pigeon. It's like English carrier pigeon is a is a particular breed of pigeon. Um, but they, yeah. 
Historically, yeah. send messages. Um, Bread for its ability car- to find carrier its blood. Um, yeah. One reason they're still commonly but erroneously called carrier pigeons. I mean, the only thing I know about pigeons is they eat stuff off the sidewalk. Um, yeah, they're like flying rats. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, and that's probably partially our doing too, because we leave stuff out for them. But well, I mean, the, the thing is, though, I mean, if you think about it, if we're talking about the use of of these creatures in in espionage, I mean, they they have a proven track record. I mean, it wasn't like most of World War One used with the pigeon tra- pigeon communication and other the like from the trenches and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know if it was used for um you know espionage necessarily obviously like battlefield communication is you know the first world war is probably one of the biggest problems that they had right um because if you want to you know effectively i guess shoot move and communicate like communications you know one of the one of the legs on the milk stool i guess and if you can't do that um you know, field telephones, you know, they only go so far. Uh, All by you know, spooled the, wire at that point. You know, the the wire, right? The wire can only go so far because the longer the wire is, the greater, um, what is it, uh, amperage or something that you need to, yeah. like, get from point A to point B. Um, yep. Which, I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's... It's... it's it's limited by how far you can go with it. So it makes sense that they would use, you know, uh, homing pigeons to use the term correctly to do that. But the other thing was that the Navy actually has like, and they, you know, they aren't quiet about this is the Navy has dolphins and sea lions. They have like a certain amount in their inventory that they use for like mine detection and things of that nature. And they train them to do that, which I mean, dolphins, I guess it makes sense because they, you know, next to humans are probably one of the smartest animals on the planet, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's same, same uh, thing as, um, as when we use canines, same general principle, but uh, to, so, I mean, to, I mean, that's, it seems like a, an easy transition to using them for some kind of some kind of intelligence collection rather than like eod stuff you know the mind sweeping dolphins versus the dolphin that's going to go roll up on a on a troller someplace and and you know just swim around it like that seems like an easy target practice thing like it, here you go. i guess it's not a it's not a secret that the russians actually i don't know how successful they were but they were trying to trade them to kill that's um, messed up yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we were just like, oh, let's use them to detect mines and stuff. <laughs> like send them places where humans probably aren't. Uh, probably not a good idea to send a human there. But the I mean, Russians were actually, and and I think that's where a lot of the like the Hamas propaganda is like, oh, the Israelis have you know trained dolphins to kill, you know, yeah. uh, Hamas frogmen or something. Yeah, it was. Um, there was one on on some of the stuff you sent me that that Hamas, Hamas and Hezbollah seem very very suspicious of animal spies a lot most of the time in the literature that that we reviewed. But uh, yeah, they I think they blamed Israel for training a shark. Yep, 
to training a shark after the shark attacks somebody uh, outside of Egypt. So shark attacks a uh, swimmer in Egypt. And according yeah. to Hamas and Hezbollah, that is the fault of the Israelis, which makes sense. It, it uh, I guess, I guess if, if you want to like, like, what was it? Um, uh, if you want to find the enemy behind every bush, you know, that, that whole theory that I think what was a Japanese uh, Hirohito might've said that about America yeah. at some point, a gun behind every bush. If you want to find a, an enemy behind every bush, you'd, if a shark attacks somebody in Egypt, that was the Israelis. <laughs> Make if it, yeah. that's your biggest boogeyman. Let's go. And, and I'm 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 remiss in thinking that Hamas actually believes that, like that the higher ups actually believe it. I, I don't think they do. I think on some level, I mean, if you look at like Iran, um, you know, obviously certain parts of Lebanon with with Hezbollah, like it pays to make the Israelis look like some kind of, you know, evil that's training these things to, you know, attack people or, um, you know, spy or whatever, because it does two things, right? It, it energizes your base, right? So it makes that's your important part, your supporters like, yeah. And then it also, you know, it also potentially can increase your operational security. Right. So if you're looking, if you have like all your your citizens have eyes. Right. And um, if they're out there looking for, in in one case, a buzzard that has like, you know, um, some kind of Israeli tag on it, because there was that one buzzard that they were they were tracking its movements the because they wanted vulture. to bring. Yeah, they the grit was a griffin. Yeah, they were trying to bring griffin. this griffin back to the middle east right and um you know on some level i think you know hamas hezbollah like they i don't think they actually believe it i think it helps them if they can make people believe that that's true so it's almost like a, it's yeah. weird it's a conspiracy inside of a conspiracy right a conspiracy to uh to um, make use of your base uh, a conspiracy by the cabal in charge to manipulate your base which but sounds like every other political organization there is but when you i mean the hamas guys the guys in charge of hamas they're all billionaires living in Qatar. there's no there's no um shot callers you know outside the tactical level hanging out in gaza right now just seeing how no, it's going to work no. out going toe-to-toe with the idf no. there so there's you know these are educated uh, educated people running a massive well, they certainly have a lot of money <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 they certainly uh, have a lot of money difference between educated and intelligent but i mean <laughs> it's a massive criminal criminal organization that you know has profited off terrorism for decades so yeah but uh if there's anybody that understands public opinion it's hamas i mean we just look at the last month and uh they've got you know any given idiot freshman in any given college has has looked at the right reel today and suddenly they think we need to free palestine by supporting hamas without you know going three sentences down ahead any given headline to realize that they're supporting people who support genocide <laughs> and these are american well, freshmen doing this what was really what was really interesting to me recently i was i was looking into this where where does like we always talk about like following the money right like obviously a lot of 
some of the money comes from international aid organizations and it gets like, we'll call it misappropriated, you know, has Hamas. We'll talk about Hamas just because that's the current thing. But, um, you know, obviously like organizations like USAID, um, the UN, you know, UNICEF, some of these other places, like, I, I think there's a lot of good that is the idea is good, but then when you give when you give money to an organization like Hamas, who who effectively runs Gaza, right? Um, I guess you have to be comfortable with the fact that like that money's just going to get diverted, right? Yeah, they yeah. might use it to put on Joe, so you give them more money. But what's interesting about the Iranians, um, and I was reading this recently, that there's this idea that the Iranians know that money's getting siphoned off the top for these dudes that are living in, you know, it's almost like a salary, right? It's these guys that are living in business. Yeah. 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 And so the Iranians will keep giving money as long as like a certain portion of the money is actually used for, you know, um, these terrorist activities. Yeah. Just mixing it up. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, um, Oh man, what was, I was just thinking of something, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Any given international aid, you expect it. I mean, um, every place gets the, you know, the strong men always get the cut off the top. And if you're thinking about, you know, the third world, it's, it's fine. Where we, you know, we give international aid to Gabon or, uh, or whatever name your country. And it's, it's just expected. Yes. They're going to take a cut. But hopefully there's a trickle that actually makes it to the guy or girl on the street and does something. We don't often check and we often don't evaluate what the what the productivity or efficiency of our foreign aid is in places like this. But when it comes, it's it's a different channel when we get to talking about Hamas or Hezbollah, which we are giving them foreign aid now along with Iran. Um, and the difference here is. We have to understand that we are directly in material support of terrorism by funding Hamas. Like it's different, you know, we're, we're funding, uh, you know, giving money to Gabon is one thing. Yeah, the strongman's going to going to get his little get his cut and he's going to continue yeah. running his country into the ground. But here we are actually going to fund Hamas to build more rockets and build more and buy more guns and hurt more people um, with the hope that some of it still makes it to Gaza City. And then. That's a different. That's a that's a different conversation. I mean, it's one we've had for the last twenty years. I mean, we're funding the yeah. Taliban now, right? I mean, we're giving mm-hmm. the Taliban Taliban forty million dollars. So, I mean, I guess we've have we always funded our enemies. If you think about it, going back to Japan, Reconstruction in Japan and Germany, can you say it's the same thing? Like we weren't funding insurgencies then; they were kind of on board. Like now we're yeah, funding yeah. our own. I think we're funding different, insurgencies. Different, different story. Yeah. I think to a certain extent, too. I mean, if you look at, you know, the Iraqi, the Iraqi government, you know, you could say what you want about it, but it is a government and they're still kicking. So thus far, it's been like it's it's been a success, I guess, if you want to do that. But obviously, Afghanistan, um, I mean, you know, I've been to Afghanistan and Afghanistan. Afghanistan is just not. It's probably the biggest victim of how the British drew colonial borders when they handed these, you know, these countries over. I mean, obviously, like obvious victims is like basically every country in the Middle East 
that's a, you know it's a problem you got the iraqis you essentially have three three different countries within one country right mm-hmm. afghanistan is interesting because i don't think it was ever meant to be a country right no it's just a bunch of people living in the hills yeah i mean it's yeah. it's they're basically like it's a bunch of Kentucky moonshiners, man, that like live up in the mountains, you know, and, 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 and some of them, you know, make heroin and some of them sell, you know, like in the Eastern part of the country, like the illegal timber trade is like a big, it's a big deal, big money maker for them. Uh, and then I, obviously if, if I had my choice, heroin. if I was an Afghanistan farmer, I would, uh, I'd go with heroin. I, I wouldn't put the work into a timber trade. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm going poppies. Well, if, if you, if, if you live in the South of the country, it's very easy to grow poppy. Um, and what's funny is like, we, um, we helped them to expand their poppy growth. Because we had all these like USAID and, you know, civil affairs and all these programs to like help them to start farming. And the idea was like, hey, let's get them away from, you know, growing opium and let's let's get them let's get them like growing corn or something. And the Afghans were like, no, corn is stupid. Like, (laughs) why would we grow corn? There's no money in that. (laughs) So we helped them like, you know, setting up irrigation and, you know, teaching them certain things. And then then they kind of just started growing more more poppy you know and and you know what? there's a obviously didn't it. help us there's a demand it's uh yeah and, well and, yeah. Ten, and 10 years later we're like why is this why is this heroin so good <laughs> yeah yeah why, why is this such a problem yeah uh, why are we having such a problem with heroin right now yeah uh, and then you had you know chinese labs getting in on the game like well let's create a synthetic version of this so that's <laughs> yeah. even that's even more potent and potentially deadly than heroin um, it. they're always going to chase that dragon that's uh that's, and, that, and that's another just... interesting thing that's not really a, i mean it's a conspiracy but it's not i mean it's not it's not crazy right that the chinese government is actively helping to get you know fentanyl inside the country um, I, I i think it's been established i don't know I, yeah, I, guess, I, don't know that's that a, on, I don't know that that's a conspiracy theory anymore. I think that's an actual conspiracy. Today. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, I guess depending on if uh, if G's visiting San Francisco or not will depend on how much we're going to push the fact that that uh, you know China is is dropping fentanyl into through uh, Mexico. I do. I did notice that. I thought it was kind of funny, and I don't know if it's a result of all the discussion coming out of DC about a anti cartel task force and all the saber rattling i guess i guess i guess you know having war in ukraine and war in israel is is not enough we should probably start you know decimating cartels on our southern border which i'm not saying i'm against but uh all the uh, saber rattling that's came up come up in the last couple months suddenly the cartel is like threatening people's lives if they if they're if if they don't shut down their fentanyl labs (laughs) and they're uh threatening people's lives for um for fentanyl lab songs i think there was a a singer that that was uh threatened or disappeared because they wrote a song about a fentanyl dealer like i love that what mm-hmm. oh yeah what it was what, uh, what's interesting is i was i was reading something and, and that you know this could be a, a topic for another time but um i guess there's a there's a new ish cartel within the last like five, 10 years that's run by former like Mexican cops and military guys. Was that and the I forget Zetas? the name of it. What's that? Was that the Zetas? 
the Zetas. I, the Zetas? I think that might be the Zetas. Yeah, I think that might be. Yeah. I think that might be true. But yeah, I, I, I remember heard they're was, like, like mm. super organized and scary. You know. Oh yeah. Not, not yeah, as destabilizing uh, as like the Sonora cartel. Yeah, the original uh, Zetas. They were uh, Zetas or Zetas, whatever they're called. But they they were Mexican military and they were trained at Bragg. I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, the School yeah. of the Americas. Yeah, right, yeah, there's much controversy yep. there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like a professional assassin school, yeah. <laughs> if you build a skill set and you suddenly find a market for it, yeah, can't hate it. Might as well, you know. Yeah, don't hate I mean, the player, hate the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mexican cartel halts fentanyl exports to U.S. <laughs> of course they do. It's, it's just because. capitalism, I guess. Yeah. Not 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 any illegal version of capitalism, but it's definitely capitalism. Capitalism is just capitalism. Laws have very little to do with it. (laughs) Let's 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 talk real quick. I know I know we're kind of like we've been going for about an hour, but um, I want to talk about Operation Snow White because I didn't know this existed until recently, and actually the the other day when we were like trading stuff back and forth about different conspiracies. And this is one of them that's like, we know this happened, right? People went to jail for it. Oh yeah, it's um, been done. And and hopefully we don't we don't become a target for the Church of Scientology. But um, uh, Operation Snow White is interesting because Scientology actually infiltrated the federal government. Yeah. Um, and it goes along with kind of something I, I read a long time ago was that. Um, there's a theory that the Church of Scientology is really nothing but a giant tax break for celebrities because they're uh, <laughs> no, because it's a, it's I it's mean, got its non nonprofit status, right? As a religious institution. Um, yeah. See, I'm I think I'm jaded enough to think the same thing of every single church I see. Like that's mm. all. I, that's I'm, I think I'm just that jaded that. Uh, every every church is just a tax scam <laughs> like especially like the tiny ones that like have have like a eight by 11 inch sign that says church of whatever name your name your whatever and it's yeah. like kind of it's like in a in a strip mall i'm like yeah like that's that's it i'd love to see what your congregation looks like you know if, 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 you, if you took a look at the catholic church over the course of history this thing is not that crazy but in uh-huh. modern times it's pretty nuts right they had estimated that that Scientology had used upwards of like 5,000 operatives to infiltrate the U.S. government at various levels. And like notably, when I was reading the case, uh, they had these two guys go to work at the IRS as like clerk typists. And then they ended up like gaining access to an assistant U.S. attorney's office and like stealing stuff out of his office. They even, they even stole his keys at one point and made copies of it. Like crazy it. stuff, man. <laughs> and L. Ron Hubbard's like third wife actually went to jail for that whole thing. Yeah. But like I was watching on like on Joe Rogan, they had that and it's almost unbelievable. But when you read this stuff, it like makes sense. Um, they had, uh, what is it? Who's the current head of the Church of Scientology? It's what's his name it's it's not david miscavige okay david miscavige they had his his father on joe rogan and he talked about like people following him around there was a guy that like tried to 
like by the house next to his. And when the cops, like he had an interaction with the cops and the guy had, the guy had like a bunch of assault rifles and like, like umpteen amounts. It was like upwards of 2000 rounds of ammunition. And he was hired by the church to like follow his father around because his father had separated from the, and, and I remember like during the podcast, like that's almost sounded crazy. Right. (laughs) But then when you read like this thing on uh, operation snow white, I mean, it doesn't sound that crazy. It's, um, they had they had operatives working in 30 different countries infiltrating multiple government organizations and the IRS guys are talking about using electronic surveillance methods um bugging bugging um IRS uh IRS um they bugged um, an IRS conference offices room. yeah bugging yeah, offices yeah, yeah. They, to make sure they got they knew what was going on during the meetings <laughs> and this I is guess, all people I guess they who were following a sci-fi writer the government was like trying to, I think they were trying to yank their nonprofit status. Yep. And for a church that's like really just trying to hide their, you know, <laughs> like celebrity tax, tax avoidance, I guess. Um, Making that money. They, uh, they really needed that, you know, obviously for more money to come in, they needed that nonprofit status. So it makes sense that they would, but they bugged like one of the meetings that they were having um, about the nonprofit status. And yeah. then uh, there was a civil case against the church and those, those two guys would, they would get access to the library in the federal building and they would sneak around the building. And at one point they got into um that AUSA's office, that civil AUSA's office, and like stole a bunch of stuff out of there. Um, Isn't just crazy. Just... And then they got yeah. blown in because uh, a librarian was like, "What are you guys doing?" And they were they were like, "Oh, uh, he asked them if they signed in at the front desk," and they were like, "No, we didn't." He's I like, "Well, lie. you need to go sign in." <laughs> and they were acting weird enough that he said something to the. Um, said something i think to the security guard or something and then at one point they were they were spotted like around the copy machines inside the u.s attorney's office yeah that's that's uh, sensitive yeah yeah but, but uh by okay so this is during the 70s starting in 69 yeah. i think 79 11 convicted including mm-hmm. mary sue hubbard five years she did four years, um, but burglary, obstruction, theft of government property. Yeah, a little army just invading government installations. And they're yeah. all like, th- what kind of control do you have to have over a person for that many people? Five, you said five thought you have 5,000 people that are willing to do that. Like, how much, what kind of mind control do you have? How do you instill that kind of mind control in 5,000 people and keep the secret? That's the best well, part. Their opsec, their opsec is the best part. I mean, I know they did get caught by a, a librarian, but that's a lot of op, that's that's very good operational security. Yeah, and I guess it took the bureau a little while to tie them to the church because that they had to have they were they were in there talking about like cover stories having cover stories. Yeah, um, and the bureau finally was like, "Well, wait a minute." Um, these guys have ties to the the Church of Scientology, and then I think I just started rolling from there. And then they raided the um, the offices of, in DC for the church, and 
And then, of course, there was a lot of stalling tactics on behalf of the the church. Like they, I read that they had filed like they had subpoenaed like 150 government agents or something, trying to slow the whole process down. Because I mean, you know, the, the running that influence when you're prosecuting, when you're when you're conducting a criminal prosecution, time is not your friend if you're the government, right? Nope. Um, the longer that whole thing gets dragged out, your chances of being successful. Um, so the the defense's job is to drag that thing out as long as possible, and that's what they did. And they have an army. They have army as the lawyers, but uh, they won. They act. They actually operational um, Operation Snow White was a was a win for the uh, Church of Scientology. Nineteen ninety three, they got their taxes exempt status back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't just, doubt it. No, it's a, it says I I just found it on the on the Google machine. I found it. The Google's. But, uh, the Googles, but yeah, that that's what gets me though is the dedication by relatively, I keep saying intelligent um, human beings that you know these people a will buy into a quotes there um, for those of you who can't see me I'm air quoting a religion created by a sci-fi author um, that is a clear um, fraud. I mean from the get go, but you find five thousand people who buy it enough to influ- infiltrate, to take on positions with the purpose of infiltrating the U.S. government on behalf of this cult. That's, but that, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. It's a cult. It's actually a cult with, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. It is a multi-level. If you really, if you really, yeah, like, yeah. you, you know, I, I, I've watched, I watched, what is it, Leah, what's her name, Leah Rahimi Remy. or something? Leah Remy. Yeah. Remy, yeah. Leah I Remy. watched her thing a couple of times. I've, I've seen, because it's it's fascinating, but when you when you really think about it, like, you have to pay to get membership in the church, and then in order to get to different levels of the church, like, you have to, you know, pay money, right? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is it's if you sit down and really think about it, it's a multi-level marketing scheme. And really what you're doing is you're selling self-help stuff. Because <laughs> that's, that's right. what with it the, is, with right? The tools, like, with the, with all the yeah, tools. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. 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 It's like, and oh, then, you gotta 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 rise to the top of Dianetics, you know, like <laughs> Dianetics. Um, <laughs> I mean, I in all honesty, there's a lot of especially in the you know, the celebrity community, a lot of those people have like, you know, mental issues, right? Like depression, anxiety, like, and they're always looking for, and then they get really into like Eastern medicine, you know, which is okay. Like you can get into Eastern medicine, but they really buy into it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, I mean, most of the celebrities that we talk about, they were um, waiters and waitresses who just happened to be in the right place at the right time, who influenced society over and over and over again. So when we expect them to be paragons of independent thinking and and uh, clear, I guess clear headed is probably not the right yeah. right word to say in Scientology. It's it's like yeah, we put a lot of faith in people who yeah, you know, sling. And what's what's interesting is a lot of them come. owe their owe their success to the the church itself right nepotism Um, the the network yeah the network is i mean there's a lot of like i mean look at you know tom cruise um he's um i mean he seems to be doing well if if you're going to talk about anybody being like some kind of like 
you know, cyber cybernetic creature or something like look he doesn't look like he's aged at all it's very strange no, it's, um it's him and him and travolta are like uh i guess they're they like hey it works yeah. clearly it works it works for these two yeah what is is william shatner a scientologist uh you know what that's one i i've got it i've got my <laughs> tablet open right in front of me and i'm not gonna search that because it would ruin my childhood if it turned out to be true <laughs> no so william but but, but uh, it goes along the man, same lines if, if you're gonna make william shatner like the guy's like ninety something years old, and he doesn't I'm look hoping... a day over seventy, right? It's, yeah, he it's just strange. went to space. He just went to space, didn't he? I know. Of course he did. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, if I'm ninety persona. years old and somebody asked me if I want to go to space, I'm gonna be like, uh, yeah. What else have we got to do? Um, ooh, Shatner is not a Scientologist. Oh, thank God. I had to. I had to search that. I was. I was getting scared. Maybe there's two it's theories possible. packed in there, you know, uh, or maybe it's just a lot of Botox or something. Who knows? You know, the guy's a natural. It's uh, the, he's been, you know, everybody always just wants to stay talk about Star Trek when it comes to Shatner. Everybody forgets about TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker. That man. That man <laughs> could slide across the hood of a cruiser like nobody. Like. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, rocking with uh, Heather Locklear. I mean, they were the best cops LA's ever seen. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> at least, at least in the in the make believe. That's, that's that's right. Uh, that's yeah, absolutely true. They had those J turns knocked out. It was it was good. It was good stuff. You know, six year old me loved it. <laughs> you and I were but, talking the other day about, or you you would send me a text message asking me if I watched that thing uh, with David Grush, and I I didn't get a chance to watch it, but what I did spend time on was um trying to understand the fourth dimension for those for those who are wow. listening and we're talking about aliens right uh, and that's I, the thing i, I really need, really I trying to hard to grush yeah yeah i've been really trying because this is something that he mentioned like very briefly in his congressional testimony that kind of i was like that that's very interesting so there's an idea, there's a couple of different ideas, right? So like the mainstream idea is that these craft, the U.S. government have come into possession or from outer space, right? They're from some other planet, you know, you know, Zeta Reticuli or something, you know, uh, yep. like some some far off constellation, you know. Um, one of the, the other theory that really is, is frankly more interesting to me is the idea that they're not from outer space. They're from a different dimension. See, I love um, that. I love that idea. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, the distances alone, and 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 yeah, that's why I brought up Grush to you because not so much for that part, but that part I want to talk about. But uh, he cleared all this stuff through Dopser. Like he's gone through, he's gone through the Department of Defense um, Office of Prepublication Security Review. He referenced it while he was on Rogan. Like I've listened to his congressional um statements but on rogan i'm sitting there and every time he says something he's like yeah this has gone through dopster he's like hey everybody listen this is i went through dopster i swear to god blatantly talking about multiple vehicles um under the control of the u.s government for years but yeah like okay so if we can i'm just like and that's why i texted you i'm like because up till now i'm like you know what that uh that cool that thing with the you know you know chasing uh what's his name uh uh, the f-18 pilot chasing that thing that's a pretty mm -hmm. cool story 
uh grush is a pretty cool story and i'm like but i'm listening to him like all right so this is clear through dobster there's u.s government said go ahead and talk about all this stuff i'm like what so i'm, I'm i don't know my head's to the point where i'm like it's uh it's it was getting weird enough that i was like we should probably talk about this but yeah let's let's think about this in reality like to get to the closest planet is what five years by speed of light like is that what it is i i can't i'm not even sure the closest planet i don't know that it's or something like that oh you're talking about the next um yeah next closest galaxy yeah 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 so what's because i mean we can get to the next we can get to mars in two years if you i think it's two years if you put people on a you know like a traditional spacecraft and um and go to um yeah that's one of the things i want i'm I'm just pulling this up because i want to i want to talk about this afterwards because it's super interesting um but i'm just i was just pulling it up so i was right and knowing what i was talking about because i've read about it but um yeah i i i I think that um what's really interesting to me like i said was that whole like figuring out the the fourth dimension right yeah and it's it's hard for from what i understand like you have to have like a deep knowledge of of physics to really understand it but the best the best um because we we live in three dimensions, but we only perceive two. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm trying to think because three live in three dimensions. I, I always thought the fourth dimension was time, right? Yeah, uh, in, in a way, I think that's that's true. Um, but we live in three dimensions, and we only perceive two. Yeah. You're so when you're talking about like being able to perceive three dimensions, your eyeball, your brain makes that up. Yeah. So like. We can only, if you were to take the image off of the back of your eye, it's very flat, right? From what from what I understand. So the theory there would be that if you were a fourth dimension being, you would perceive all three dimensions. So you couldn't perceive the fourth, but you could perceive three. Um, and the, the way that they, they use these analogies, and the one analogy that really rung true to me, which makes total sense, if you if you were a two dimensional being, and like um, I remember this was on the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon yeah, was flat. Uh, there's, there's a book, yeah. isn't there? A book? Flat, flat. Um, yeah, uh, I forget what it's yeah. called, but I, yeah. If you're if you're a two dimensional being and you put, you know, you have some kind of valuable, and we'll, since it's all shapes, we'll just say like geometric. You take a diamond and you put it inside of a box and you close and lock that box, right? A three-dimensional being can just lean down, pick that thing up out of that box, right? Even though you locked no. it. Yeah. Right? No, no. And and you're and you're like basically a god, right? Mm-hmm. As a three-dimensional being in a two-dimensional plane. Right? Yeah. And what I can't what I have what I'm what I'm having trouble with, and maybe we need to like let's get a physicist or something on here to like explore right. this stuff. Um what I'm having trouble like visualizing is what the fourth dimension looks like. I was watching this thing where it was like a, it was a box that always was like almost like moving within itself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're using to explain it. But I know the fourth dimension is time. So, but does that mean that, that they're time travelers? Like, what is that? 
I don't know See, what that I, means. When I think about it, and it's very, very limited in scope because I, I'm not a physics guy, but <clears throat> like if we talk about, you know, they've talked about before, the only way to do space travel is to take space time and be able to generate something to fold space time together and bridge yeah. those two places you want to go to. A yeah. wormhole. So yeah. the way I think about it in my very unenlightened mind, if we're going to talk about that dimensional parallel dimensional thing which would be a lot of fun um in the writing world um instead of folding our space time into and jumping between two points in our space time we're making a bridge and jumping to another space time a, a dimensional shift to an instead of going to someplace on our chessboard we yeah. go to someplace on a completely different chessboard so maybe we think about it as in 3d chess we've got base level two and three when we fold space time, we're not folding the first level chessboard. We're folding uh, the left half of the first level chessboard and the right half of the second level chessboard and jumping there. That's the way I think of it. But I'm probably way off in, in we're, John. We're going to have land. to retire first. I'm in fiction. We I'm in fiction out. land. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's, we're gonna have that's to the way I first. would explain it when I do write the book with dimensional travelers in it. That's that's how I'm going to explain yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to have to wait yeah. for lead to, weed to get legalized in in, in our state before we figure that's, that one yeah. out. Yeah, we're gonna have to retire. We're gonna have to retire for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna retire. <laughs> That's gonna be a great conversation, high. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the way you put it, that makes that makes sense to me. It just wasn't, you know, when I was reading about it, it's it's so far, uh, you know, a field. I imagine if I read, kept reading about it, I'd probably understand. But I liked the two D like versus three D. Yeah, two yeah, D like versus three D. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Let's get a physicist on here it's, and get them to. We're gonna like, find a physicist and be like, "Look, dude, I actually did that once. I was in um, what was I doing? I was working a case that took me to uni University of Buffalo, and I just ended up like talking to physicists about it. And it was, I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but uh, like I'm, these dudes were like quantum physicists, and I'm like sitting there, and I'm, it was like it was something. I don't know. I don't remember if it was a fraud or a theft. But I'm talking to these guys as I'm getting their background. I'm like, all right, quantum physicist. I was like, all right, I get done with all my casework, all my case stuff. And I'm like, hey, fellas, can you tell me what spooky action at a distance means? <laughs> and they both they both just like stop and they're like, like they would have like they couldn't change channels. Like they're just like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're witnessing a computer glitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is this FBI guy asking about spooky action at a distance? He's like, well, it's actually called this. I was like, well, I didn't know that. We're off to a great start. Tell me all about oh, that's it. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Like when I was when I was working cases, I I had to I had to deal with this guy. Um, he was a high level, like we'll call him like a computer science. I mean, he has doctorate in like computer stuff, but like you know, quantum. He was into like quantum computing and all sorts of crazy things. And all I could remember was like the guy, the guy literally reminded me of like Doogie Hauser. Like he, he looked like he was 16, but he was like 40 years old and he had like these big glasses. He, he looked like, he looked like Bill Gates, but like worse, you know, um, even more awkward, but super, yeah, super interesting guy, but <laughs> it's, it's gotta be exhausting, uh, talking to guys like us. Oh God. And, yeah. Because you have to dumb the science down for us. Right. Like you, we, we can't just get together and have a, a conversation about, you know, 
you know, whatever, you know, quantum computing, like I have no, you know, frame of reference. Um, yeah. So you have to there, really sit down and, and dumb it down for me. Yeah. And we were just hanging out in like his office and stuff like that. And it was like, you could tell that his water cooler talk was not my level of water cooler talk. So he was, he was like very nice, but it, it's exactly, I got the same vibe. He's like, why am I talking to a Neanderthal about quantum physics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. What's funny I, is like, I fully admit that's exactly, that was accurate. <laughs> I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of like in my career in law enforcement, like I've talked to a lot of like scientists and stuff. And what I found is there's a common thread. Like most of them are insane. Like they're crazy people. Right. Right. Um, just some of the things like, um, and the way their brains work is, is like, it's not linear. It's weird. It's, it's, it's not a spaghetti bowl. Like there's straight lines, right. But they could end up, you know, a a gajillion different places because, you know, their minds on like a different level than us normal people. Right. Yeah. And just keeping up is like, it's just trying to hang on for some of these guys. It's, but it's, it's, it's just cool having that conversation, like having that access to that kind of expert. It's like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And they never saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. 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 They all kind of remind me of like, yeah. like doc Brown. from. You know, That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause I used to, we had a bunch of engineering companies in Buffalo and it was talking, just talking to those Uber smart guys that are like the dudes that you would want building a, a the spaceship that musk is building like that guy would be like yes i i trust you (laughs) i don't trust that's like the (laughs) the the one-off is you know that guy that they have on skinwalker ranch oh the 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 nasa scientist yeah 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 (laughs) he's like some good old good old southern boy (laughs) that's got a doctorate in physics you know (laughs) Uh, and you totally like if you met him at a grocery store, you wouldn't think he has a doctor in physics, you know? Oh yeah, You're like yeah, man, you this guy barbecue. Some, the guy lives in a trailer park somewhere, you know? Yeah, you want to go? You go just barbecue with that guy, and then be like, you know what we need? Lasers. Lasers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's like, but, oh, let's uh, talk about string theory, you know? Yeah, like, oh. yeah. I'm along for the ride, Doc. I'm not going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, you know what? I'll reach out and see if I can get that guy. You know, they're not. I, they can't be filming right now. I'll be like, hey, come come tell us about the fourth yeah, dimension. Come, come come, talk to us about the fourth dimension. <laughs> we want to know all about it. And that's what's right. interesting is it looks like, you know, if you're watching the show, I mean, it looks like that's what they might be dealing with. You know, I love it. So, yeah. I'm I uh, I was I'm a uh, I'm an objective minded skeptic, but I I have the standing um, just statement that if would the world be cooler if there was Bigfoot? Yes. Would the world be cooler if UFOs were buzzing around? Absolutely right. Do I have any idea where any of those things are? Nope. No, I draw I draw the line at face hugging aliens. Like I'm <laughs> I'm good. We don't need to have that. <laughs> you, know, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, that would make things exciting, but it probably wouldn't go well for us. No, it no, never does in all. any aliens yeah, movie. They yeah. never win. <laughs> no, we, we we always lose. They always end up somewhere else. We always end up finding them again, and then yeah, you know, it's a. See, it's the a ones struggle, that freak but... me out are the pod people. Like that's the one that freaks me out. You just kind of get your replacement, and they tap you on the shoulder one day, and you're done. Like that's, you know, that's a euphemism if... for communism. Uh, I read that someplace. The the the, yeah, the yeah. original. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah what is it? They. Uh, if they can get somebody to agree with something so irrational that they finally give up on their own, um, their own, uh, yeah. uh, what is that? Um, their own belief system. Get somebody. Their, to yeah. Agree. Their own. Um, yeah. 
values. They give up other values. Yep. Yeah, that's why they push all these ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous things. And you can see many parallels to our own society today. Have have you, so this is like one last thing, one last thing. Have you heard of, is it, it's called Stardust Ranch. It's in Nevada. No, but Um, it sounds like, isn't that a brothel? (laughs) uh, No, 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 no. Uh, Well, I guess maybe it could be. No, Stardust Ranch is. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it, but I feel like I'm sully my computer. So it's, yeah, uh, your wife's coming. What what have you been looking at on the internet? Uh, Um, Let's caveat. I was hanging out with Brian. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. uh, So this guy bought this ranch in Nevada. And I, the long and the short of it is, is he was having um, multiple encounters with uh, what we would coin to be aliens. And what was interesting is that he had figured out whether this is true or not. It's all very fascinating, but uh, he wrote a book. Um, and what's interesting about it is he uh, allegedly he he says he's killed them. Ooh, uh, nice. And what he found was that they're not they're not aliens. They're actually from the fourth dimension, which when this was happening was kind of like that. pre that discussion. So he kind of figured that out on his own <laughs> and he figured out you couldn't kill him with guns. You had to kill him with samurai swords. That's that's awesome. I love that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so um, so I'm I'm saying this while we're recording right now because uh, Stardust Ranch immediately comes up. And it immediately comes up on um, on TripAdvisor, and uh, <laughs> immediately it's got it's got several reviews, um, but its best one um, from uh, <laughs> from Anonymous and twenty two. Let's see, this is uh, clubs like <laughs> clubs like Stardust Ranch usually offer set rates around two hundred for thirty to sixty minutes, um, decent bar, new competition across the way. Um, uh, the, 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 the brothel. It's one of the older brothels. Sounds right. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah. Um, regardless, I've met some great women and had some great parties. The, so this dude, this dude loved uh, Stardust Ranch enough to to uh, yelp it on TripAdvisor. So <laughs> that's funny. When you're for everybody else, when you follow Lee Belt's advice and go Google and Stardust Ranch, uh, make sure it's not the it's not the brothel. It's the one well, from Ghost you know it's Adventures. weird. It must be it must be based <laughs> on your um like your your search history because when I I'm when on, I hit Stardust Ranch, I don't see any brothels here. It it's it's I on have... I'm on Brave. There is no search history. Or, oh, or Duck, I see. Duck, I'm uh, on DuckDuckGo. Uh, you're one so. of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta worry about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Government can't find me. I got a duck uh, handling my algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> I use the duck. The duck. No, so the guy. No, it was my first. My first one was Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins, and Stardust Ranch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's legit. This that's is legit. like a, no. The, the first one I see is like for the Travel Channel. But anyway, yeah. Um, the guy, like it's it's from what I I didn't read the book, but there's a book. It's uh it's it's by the the guy. I think his name is um. Is it John Edmonds? Oh yeah, it's John Edmund, Edmonds. Um, he purchased this thing in '96. Um, he hung on to it for like 20 years and basically had all these crazy things happen. Allegedly, of course, he could be completely full of himself. But um, 
Yeah, he, he he like allegedly killed one. Um, and he I guess he talks about like the strategy that he had to use. Because I wow. what was funny was there was a there there was a, a video on the uh, it was like a claymation video of this guy <laughs> like his he gets visited by aliens and then they try to like take his kid and he ends up like wow. stabbing them all with samurai swords and stuff and and I was like what is that what is that all about so then I started looking and I'm like oh it's the Stardust Ranch thing it's this whole story but it's yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan <laughs> the de- the <laughs> desert is a strange place. Yeah, it, it is. Desert is an odd is an odd joint. It's there's there's a lot of space out there. But okay, he had a alien infestation, made national headlines. A, they actually levitated my wife out of bed. The master's chamber. They have a master's chamber. Yeah, nice. I don't think you can say that anymore. No, <laughs> but no. Um, there's um there there was. I mean, you and I knew somebody that was from um, Roswell, right? I've been around. It was interesting when six you, weeks out there. Yeah, yeah. When it was interesting is I I point blank like asked her like how much weird stuff you have you seen and she's like, it's so weird there that you just get like used to it. And I guess her father or uncle or something was like part of the whole Roswell like incident. Yeah, um, like the whole the yeah. When I, I yeah, was out yeah, there, yeah. I spent three weeks out there, and I just started asking everybody I could see point blank. I'm like, tell me, tell me about the aliens. Everybody had a story. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Just it's crazy the way it is. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Still, still but she told me a story about like a they were at a, a high school football game. She told me that just story. like a rate, like yeah, like a high school football game, and there's like UFOs flying by, like yeah, hundreds <laughs> of people just watching normal. UFOs. Yeah, yeah, hundreds yeah, of yeah, people yeah, just yeah. watching UFOs. Yeah. just kind of hang out, watch the second half. <laughs> yeah 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 it's like oh yeah, touchdown nice. oh what the hell uh, okay. did we just score <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> somebody did <laughs> um but man i uh i hate to do it we definitely have to do this again but i gotta i gotta wrap it up i got uh yeah, yeah, yeah. i gotta go go take care of the the wee ones uh before the uh school week starts yeah, yeah. but uh this is fun man this is a, a yeah. kind of kind of different uh different take on uh, yeah. on the uh that's criminal so we definitely have to do this again um, if you know any physicists, that'd be super fun for the two of us to interrogate them while we're recording. I, I think might. we can crush it. I I know I I know some like a a, a a guy I went to high school with is a he has like his PhD in virology, which would not like unless we wanted to talk about COVID or something. We get, we can go I'm sure he COVID knows somebody. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like, hey, Chris, we need we need somebody that can explain the fourth dimension. You got any fourth friends that can? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I don't think we have enough money to get um uh what's his name? The uh this this the guy that comes on all the podcasts and talks about He's, science. Um oh uh Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, he he we don't, I don't think we have enough money for that. This is too low rent. For yeah, that, he doesn't but, he yeah. doesn't seem too into it. I don't think we'd get very far with him, but uh maybe that dude, maybe that dude's on an off uh you know his off shooting schedule from uh Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe we'll maybe we'll grab that guy. He seems yeah, like yeah, a person, that dude. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. we still we still got to get the the um maybe i'll start harassing them too the the guy from um oh yeah tales Instagram? from the grid square tales from the grid square yeah hit that guy up because yeah. i he uh he got back to me once and i haven't heard from him since so yeah i should um, say hey man you gotta you gotta reach out to john and we gotta have yeah. we gotta have a conversation because he had a thing on his youtube channel about fort drum 
which was yeah, gnarly. he's got great Cause, stories. Because I know the spots that they were talking about. I know exactly where those things are. And there's a lot of, believe it or not, like upstate New York is, there's a lot of like UFO sightings and stuff in upstate New York. Upstate New York does have its fair share. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's definitely a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming yeah. out. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. All right. Good, good to be here, everybody. All right. Yeah, take man. it easy. Bye.